Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Well, I don't know about you, I thought that was Danny doing the, the talk. It sounded like him, didn't it? Brilliant. Um, so this week, um, well, let's remind you of what we, we made a declaration, didn't we? That we said, today I choose calm over chaos Peace over perfection, grace over grit, and faith over fear. And last week we were talking about allowing those irritations that come into our lives to be covered by a grace that actually allows something beautiful uh, to be created from our lives. Now this week we've decided to go with the uh, peace over perfection. I thought it was interesting that it's not sort of laziness or laid-backness over perfection. It's peace, which is an interesting one. And, you know, I recognise that what happens when we feel, any of us, that we've failed or we've not come up to our own expectations is we lose our peace because we come under condemnation. And so we want to find how to be in a place of peace. And uh, that means that instead of striving for perfection, we maybe look at what is good and rather than what is perfect. Now, You might find it interesting. Let me just say first, if you're on the Enneagram and some of you have studied that and you come up as a number one, a perfectionist, this is not aimed at anybody (laughs) Um, because we're all like it. We've all got various parts of our lives where we have believed that we have to be perfect in order that certain things can be, whether it's to do with relationships in our lives or whether it's to do in our careers or whatever, there's part of us that says, I need to be this in order to succeed. So we're talking to everybody. It's not about personality types tonight. It's also interesting, though, that the whole idea of perfection is a a strange one. And when you try and think, where did it all come from? It's actually a Greek idea. And uh, I always find it interesting the way that cultures are influenced by other cultures and uh, you know you can think about it how our calendar is because of the Romans Um, there's so much that we have put in place even in our governments and everything which is to do with other cultures that have had empires over the years that those things have filtered uh, down and this issue or, or this this thing about perfection, it's actually something that, ca- that came from Greek philosophy. And you think, what? Well, yeah, it did. And uh, it's interesting that this guy called Plato, he came up with an idea that everything in the spirit realm was perfect. Everything in the secular world was not perfect. And so what had to try and be done was somehow get back to this perfect place where God was, you know, God was perfect, um, <clears throat> but we humans had missed the mark terribly 
And uh, of course, the Greeks had uh, one of their gods was called Zeus. And uh, the, the whole idea of their theology um, about their God was this God could not stand in perfection. And he couldn't stand in perfection. Therefore, all imperfection had to be destroyed. And that, that's the best way to deal with it. Let's get rid of it all. Now, can you sort of get a bit of a hint of how it's affected us? Because when it now comes down to uh, the religions or faiths of the world, isn't it interesting that there's a similar storyline to it? That God's perfect and that we're imperfect why do you think that in the churches and in religion, it's all about the flesh needing to be put down and got rid of, but the spirit, oh, that's all right, because there's been this influence uh, by Greek philosophy. Now, the thing is, whether we like it or not, perfection isn't all it's cracked up to be, because perfection has got nowhere to go but down. Think about it. Nowhere to go but down. So ultimately, the story goes that human nature that have fallen from this perfect state, the only way that they can go is down. But of course, there's somebody out there that's going to do this incredible um, feat of rescue to lift us back up to that perfect place. But of course, it's not here. It's when you get to heaven. Oh dear. But meanwhile, we're still stuck in this Real horrible place. Now, it's affected us a lot because even when you look at the story of the Garden of Eden in the Bible, what does it say that the garden was? Did it say it was perfect? No, it said it was good. But somehow, even if you look at the language that people in church use, oh, it was perfect. No, it wasn't. It was good. Now, we're not saying that to put things down. It's actually to give us a break that it was never meant to be so difficult because it was started good. And then, of course, we have to ask questions about, well, if God is perfect, surely he wants us to be perfect. Well, actually, we're going to learn tonight that God is perfectly good and it's how he handles imperfections that makes him perfect. And I think you're going to find tonight uh, really exciting. Now, um, I think there's a glorious or wonderful um, uh, goodness that we can relax in. Because what was being said on that video was a lot of anxiety and worry and fear come when we pursue perfection. But there is a goodness that we can actually rest in, not only in ourselves, but in our understanding of God that can cause us to relax and actually live. And this is what we want for everybody tonight. So we had, uh, we had grace for grit last week. We're going to have peace over per perfection this week. And uh, we're going to carry on. And I think I'm giving it straight to you, Jenny. Is that right? Okay. Right. All right, this subject matters, I think, is um, so vitally important, probably for two reasons. One, the expectations that we place upon ourselves. And um, depending on personality type, that can, the scale goes 
can go very, very high, but, but um, also because of the expectations that we place on others. In the context of our lives, our relationships, our work, our experiences, our families, our marriages. And um, let, let me also say at this point that there is a difference between perfection and excellence. So there's no suggestion in this that um, we shouldn't look for excellence. You know, excellence is the opposite to shabby, and we don't want to be shabby. And I remember growing up in a church environment where, you know, printing and everything was shabby. It was cheap, it was shabby, it was nasty. And it wasn't that we were looking for perfection, but certainly we tried to get some excellence into the whole thing, whether it's buildings or, or teams or whatever it is. So, so there is a difference between perfection and excellence. But there's a slide uh, here that I find very interesting because it's an oxymoron, if you know what one of those is. It, uh, it doesn't agree with itself. Stop trying to achieve perfection and start striving for peace. Well, my problem is that striving for anything is the perfect way to ensure that you'll never find peace. So please don't take any notice of this slide other than to say that the antidote to perfection, achieving perfection, is not striving for anything. If you're striving for anything, the truth is actually you're just not calling it perfection, but that's actually what you're going for. So we don't want any striving in trying to fix this. See, I, I do know that, that trying to achieve perfection, and this is absolutely true for all of us, will rob you of your peace every time. And for some of you, why that peace never settles, why that peace never comes, is because there is an inner striving, an inner trying to achieve perfection. And you may not see it as perfection. You, you, maybe softer words would be used like, it's just not ideal. It's not what I was looking for. I kind of hoped. But all of those are simply softened expressions that, that, that reveal that we are trying to achieve perfection and that's what's robbing us of our peace all the time. Now, Chris already mentioned some things about uh, the Bible and beginnings and, and models and, and, and what our culture has been built on in what has been predominantly a culture developed out of Christian ideas is that when we try to squeeze the creation model through the mold of perfection, as Chris said, there's only one way things can go. So the, the idea that, that has been subconsciously fed in, and for those of us raised in church, very, very consciously fed in, is that the creation, God's creation, what God has done is perfect, and you're the problem. Because if, if you weren't a problem, everything would still be perfect. I remember Billy Connolly, I love Billy, how many of you love Billy Connolly? Dear old Billy, love him. You know, Billy, Billy was sent to a, uh, a, Catholic, uh, a Catholic school under Catholic nuns, and he says his one, his one abiding memory of the harshness of that education in that Catholic convent school was coming into the school and there was a big, uh, a big crucifix with Jesus dead on the crucifix, and um, all, all Billy can remember, whether these exact words were ever used, was that Jesus died and it's your fault. And uh, I kind of, you know, I, I kind of tend towards that thing. This happened and it's your fault. This didn't work, so it's your fault. That's not coming to being, so it's your fault. 
And uh, all of that actually comes because of this underlying idea of, of that creation was perfect, but we spoiled it, and therefore from then on, the only thing is Jesus comes to save us, but we're still imperfect, we still mess up, we're still not going to get it right. So all the time, we're on a downward trend all the time, and never being, never being lifted. Then, of course, the God perspective on perfection becomes distorted because of that. And it becomes a pressure that no human can bear. You know, God is perfect, you have to be perfect. God expects you to be perfect. So if you don't live up to his expectations and are not perfect, then you're part of the problem and you'll ruin your world. And so we never come to peace and we never settle. And then we lose sight of the good under the weight of perfection. Because per perfect is the enemy of good. And uh, it's interesting in the Bible, the word perfection is not used much. Even the one most quoted uh, when, when Jesus said about God, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, has got nothing to do with the kind of perfection you're thinking of, of behavior. It's actually, if you read the context, to seek to be perfect in love towards yourself and towards others. It's got nothing to do with all the other behaviours. And if we try to put that pressure on ourselves, the truth is we, we can't bear it as humans and we never live up to that. And then we lose sight of, of uh, under God of the weight. Then we lose sight of the good under the weight of perfection. Uh, it's interesting, you know, because, um, because uh, the Bible says do good to those who misuse you. Not perfect, just do good. Have a heart of goodness and understand that creation was that God said it's good and try and get a connection in with that. Perfection will always pick out the things that you didn't do, not the things that you did. And that's the problem with the distorted perfection mindset. It only ever picks out the things you didn't do, the achievements you didn't get to, the promises you didn't keep, the potential you didn't fulfill, but it never points at any of the other stuff that actually says, do you know what, actually, you're probably doing pretty okay. And you're not as bad as you think you are. So perfection will always pick out those things. And condemnation is the result. Jenny mentioned this. And fear is the consequence of that condemnation. And punishment is the expectation from the consequence. So we're always thinking that, well, you know, we condemn ourselves and we condemn others if we're expecting perfection from them. And then we fear that it's not going to work out. We fear stuff in life. And then our expectation is punishment. Now, I don't mean getting locked up in, in a physical jail or somebody robbing you on the way home. But punishment is the expectation. It's not going to go well. I'll never be happy. We'll always be sad. Our marriage will fail. I'm not going to get what I want. It must be me. I must be a terrible person. And the punishment is always the, the result of the consequence of the fear that's the result of the condemnation that we pour on ourselves. And so let me finish this first little section by saying peace and not perfection should be the goal of our lives. Yeah. I uh, can honestly say if I were to prophesy to you now, this would be what I'd say, for God's sake and for your sake, give yourself a break. Chill out, give yourself a break. There's far too much pressure of expectation 
that we place on ourselves because we over-exaggerate our weaknesses and failings because we measure them against the wrong criteria. And when we have been given this perfect image of God against which we measure ourselves, we put ourselves under so much pressure, realizing that the problem is in your mind, not in God's mind. The distortion is in your eyes, not in God's eyes. He is merciful, he is, he is, he is faithful and good in all of his ways towards you and me. Now listen to this, centuries back in the height of the Japanese autumn, in one of Kyoto's majestic gardens, a tea master asked his disciple to prepare for tea ceremony. The young man trimmed the hedges, raked the gravel, picked the dried leaves from the stones, cleared the moss path of twigs. The garden looked immaculate. Not a blade of grass out of place. The master inspected the garden quietly. Then he reached at a branch of a maple tree and shook it watching the auburn leaves fall with haphazard grace on tidied earth. There it was now, the magic of imperfection. There it was, the order of nature, never far from the hands of humans. And I could add, and there was the wisdom of God displayed. You see, no matter how much you clear the leaves from the tree, and make everything how you think it should be. It only takes one arm to shake the tree and the leaves will fall again. So if that's the objective, then you will never be at peace. You will always be full of strife because you're striving for a perfection that you cannot achieve and cannot expect yourself to achieve and should not expect others to achieve in the connection with your life. See, how you handle your imperfections will determine how well you find peace. That's why sometimes I struggle to find a deep inner peace because I don't handle my imperfections well. I measure them by the wrong criteria. I subject them to my condemnation rather than God's love. I don't let them get lost in the bigness of a universe that is working and at work and is okay and is functioning. See, the way you find peace is this, through the God who perfectly handles imperfection. That's the root of peace. In the God who perfectly handles imperfection. The perfection of God is in his handling of imperfection. And when you lose yourself into that perfection, God is perfect at handling imperfection. It allows you to grant yourself the peace to go, I guess then it's okay. I guess there's more love than there is my own self-hatred. I guess there is more kindness than my own condemnation. I guess there is more acceptance than my own rejection. See, if we're honest, peace is more precious than gold. Now all the gold in the world and be as bent as a corkscrew, as screwed up as some throwaway paper, peace is more precious than gold. 
You see, we're often chasing the wrong thing. We think if circumstantially we can reach the gold standard, we'll feel okay. But you never do. You never feel okay. Peace is more precious than gold. Our heart today is take God's wisdom in Jesus and look for peace rather than perfection. Perfection should neither be the goal nor the expectation of our lives. Our goal should always be peace over perfection. Peace is not found in the elimination of failure, but in the refusal to embrace condemnation. Let me say that again, very important for some of you. Peace is not found in the elimination of failure. That's the lie. If I can eliminate failure from my life, if I can eliminate the failures of my life, if I can eliminate the failures of others in my life, then somehow I'll find that place of peace. But you see, peace is not found in the elimination of failure. It's found in the refusal to embrace condemnation. I missed it. But it's okay, I'm still alive, there's another day, God's still with me, I'm wrapped around in love, it's going to be okay. You failed me, you let me down, you were not perfect, but it's okay, because I can eliminate, it's not the elimination of those failures, but it's the refusal to embrace the condemnation that I could bring towards you or you could bring towards me. It's a dual thing, but when we release that and allow peace to come that's not from the elimination of failure, then it's the peace that lasts. I believe there is a peace, personally speaking, honestly, from the depth of my heart, which comes from God, however you want to interpret that, and that it's rooted in God's ability to perfectly handle imperfection. I want to lose myself in that. If I'm going to have the divine, if I'm going to have God's presence, I want my belief, my faith, my peace to be rooted in his ability to perfectly handle my imperfections, your imperfections, the imperfections in the world, so that I can live at peace. Now, of course, into this whole debate comes something that I was terrified with for years, which was the holiness of God, which was interpreted through the lens of God being perfect and his expectation is perfect, which came from the misunderstanding that when God created the world and everything in it, it was all perfect, everything was right, everything, no, that was wrong. Now the problem is the true holiness of God, the true holiness of God is hidden within human imperfection. It's, on the, it's the other slide. Put the other slide on. The true holiness of God is hidden within human imperfection. What a clever place to hide it. Only a God who is truly a God and not some construct of philosophy, not some construct of idealism, but actually as the divine nature who could possibly and potentially be the creator of all things that we know as God, the true holiness of that God is hidden within human imperfection. So the truth is he's at his most holy when he embraces human imperfection. It's such a clever place to hide the holiness of God, much better than where we thought it was with all its demand and requirements. Requirements. He hides it, what a clever place to hide it, where only the humble and the, I'm going to put a Y in there, only the humble and the yearnest can find it. 
Okay? The true holiness of God is hidden within human imperfection. What a clever place to hide it, where only the humble and the yearnest will find it. The reason I put the why in there is because if you're not yearning for peace, you're probably not going to find it. There has to be something in us that's yearning for peace and not for perfection that lets me and others off the hook and also lets God off the hook of having to be this judgmental and, and actually lets us become the friends, the, the sons, the father, the family that we're supposed to be. Only the humble and the yearnest will find it. Humble yourself enough. Get off your high horse. Stop imposing these false ideals on yourself and on everybody else around you. And I think the world will be at a better place. You'll be a happier person and we will enjoy and experience a flow of peace within all of that. Here's my three Bible verses because we're in church. <laughs> Jesus said this, John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. There's one thing he wanted to leave with us, it's peace. Peace, okay? Not because of the elimination of failure, but peace in the midst of it all. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives, because that tends to be the type that's only present in the absence of conflict, which is not real peace. Don't let your hearts be troubled, and don't be afraid. In other words, that's Bible code for stop trying to be perfect, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. Stop trying to be perfect and rest in the peace that he gives. There's another one in the Old Testament in Isaiah 26 and verse 3, which says this, You will keep in perfect peace the one whose mind is steadfast, or in some versions it says who is stayed on you. It's got fixed, not on the the separate God and this crazy ideal of perfection, but, but, but locked into the one who, who perfectly handles imperfections. Right? You'll keep in perfect peace him whose mind is fixed or stayed on the one who is perfect at handling imperfections because he trusts in you. You trust in him, he trusts in you. Last little verse and then I'll close. Philippians 4 verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. That's the one we want, isn't it? The peace of God that transcends all understanding. That's, that's not driven, manipulated by either our own performance or the absence of conflict, but the one that transcends those, because that's the only way we understand peace. We can only have peace if there's an absence of conflict. And we can, we can only have peace if there's an elimination of failure. That is not true. There's a peace that will come which transcends all that understanding. And, and here's what it says. It will guard your hearts and it will guard your minds and bring you to the true place of peace. Let it go. You're not helping yourself. You're not helping the world. You're not helping anyone else by having this false perception of perfection. But let the one who is perfect in handling imperfections be the present one in you says to you now, you can have peace. Now you can have acceptance. Now you can live 
because you're no longer fighting to grab this stupid thing that we have been given that precious us and judges us and condemns us and punishes us called perfection. I want you in your heart of hearts right now to choose peace over perfection so that the peace of God which passes understanding will fill your heart and mind. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash qchurchyork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.